a series around here we're calling Uncharted. I want to make sure that you're ready today, though. Come on, you're ready to dive in? One, one person? All right, good. <laughs> That's awkward. Y'all like, we amen too much for Jordan, okay? So we're not going We're in a, a series called Uncharted. I believe this is our fifth week uh, where we are talking about how do you take new territory? How many of you believe that God has promised you something that you have not quite stepped into yet? Raise your hand. All right, if you're not raising your hand, you need to start praying a little bit more. <laughs> because let me say something to you. With God, there's always a here and a there. Always. With God, there's always a here and there's always a there. So He's moving with you right now because He wants to get you where he really wants to get you, all right? We're going to be talking about that. Uncharted, uh, we believe that there are some keys that are found in the book of Joshua that help us move up, move on, move out, move in, whatever it is. But any type of transition that you're walking through or if God is asking you to step into new territories, opening some things up, we believe there are some really amazing keys in the book of Joshua And so we've been going verse by verse through the book of Joshua, beginning in chapter 1, and more expository type teaching. And uh, those of you that were here last week, you know that I stayed true to that, even when I had to preach on an awkward subject. I stayed true to it because it was what was next in the text, all right? All right, look at your neighbor and just give them that embarrassed look, (laughs) the one we did last week. By the way, last week we spoke on circumcision, so that will tell you it was awkward. (laughs) But it was also, uh, I believe, an incredible revelation for many folks on on some things that God wants us to move into. And so we find our text in Joshua 3 and 4 that says this, You have not passed this way before. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants to take you to a place that you've never been. Uncharted. (laughs) Uncharted. Today, we're moving into Joshua 5 and verse number 10. If you want to take notes, there is a a handout on your seat right there in front of you where you can take notes or draw doodles or whatever you want to do, all right? Hebrews 5 and 10 says this. While the Israelites were camped at Gilgal, remember we talked about Gilgal last week. It means to roll away, to roll a stone away, or a circle of stones. There's a lot of things that went on at Gilgal. Uh, Some commitments, some consecration, some memorials that happened there. We need those places in our life. You need a place that you can go back to and say, that was where I was obedient, as as Jordan said today, I was obedient to what God called me to do. It was painful, I didn't like it, but I did it, and God performed a miracle. We need those places that we can go back to in our life. I want to encourage you, you need those spots along the way that you can, it's a red letter day you go back to and say, that was the day that I was obedient. That was what Gilgal was. And they continued to return to Gilgal as a base camp. As they conquered all of of the promised land, they would go out, they would come back to that place, and they would go out and they would come back. It was a place for them to come back to. And so they camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, and they celebrated Passover on the evening of the 14th day of the first month. So they celebrated Passover. Passover. 
this is the third Passover that they have celebrated. The first Passover they celebrated uh, in Egypt as they were getting ready to come out when uh, the angel of death passed over those that had the blood of the lamb on their doorpost. That's why it's called Passover. How many of you are happy that the angel of death has passed over you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Keep on passing, bro. Just roll on down, okay? That's, so they celebrated Passover because that's what it meant. The angel of death has passed over us. God's mercy is upon us. That was the first time they celebrated it. The second time they celebrated it was at Mount Sinai. And so now, 40 years after they've left Egypt, now they come to their third time of celebrating Passover. But I want to point out to you that this Passover was different than all the other Passovers. The first Passover was because God had brought them out. The second Passover was because God was still helping them survive. But this third Passover happened because God had finally brought them into what He had promised them. I want to tell you today that God doesn't just want to bring us out of. God wants to bring us into, okay? If you're taking notes, that would be a good one to write down. Because a lot of us celebrate God bringing you out of something. But I'm not sure that many of us celebrate God bringing us into something. I want to encourage you. When God opens up a door for you and moves you into a new season, you need to stop right there and celebrate what God is doing in your life. Most of us only see God as a Savior, saving us from something. But I love what DJ said last week. God doesn't just save you from something. He saves you for something. He doesn't just want to bring you out of bondage, but He wants to bring you into the promised land. This Passover wasn't just about Passover. It was about crossover. They had actually moved into what God had for them. I want to say to you today, don't give up until God brings you into everything that He's promised for you. And I'm going to quote these guys because that's what we do with our, with our preachers. Jordan, I'm going to quote him again today. And the fact that obedience is what opens the door of blessing in your life. And the reason God wants us to be obedient is because He wants to bless us. Now, you can come out of something, and that's awesome. You're saved, and God's doing a great work in your life. But that doesn't mean that you fully stepped into everything that God has for you. And we as a church believe that it is our mandate and our mission to help every single individual move into the abundant life that Jesus Christ promised for them. And not just get you out of bondage. Joshua 5 and verse number 11. The very next day, they began to eat unleavened bread and roasted grain harvested from the land. Verse 12, no manna appeared on the day they first ate from the crops of the land. And it was never seen again. So from that time on, the Israelites ate from the crops of Canaan. When God moves you into a new season, He fully expects that land to take care of you. But a lot of times, you and I move into a new season, but we're still trying to eat on the stuff that we had in the old season. 
the things that God gave us then and spoke over us then. And, and what happens, it inhibits us from moving into everything that God has for us. From glory to glory to glory to glory is what the Bible says we're supposed to be moving in. Notice what it says. As soon as they ate from the fruit of that land, the manna stopped and it was never seen again. No more manna. I want to tell somebody something. I I highlighted this in yellow, neon yellow, because I think it's very important for somebody today. When God starts something, he also stops something. When God begins something new in your life, he's going to stop something that was happening before. Has God stopped something in your life? Has there been a change in your life? Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it was a stream of income. Maybe, and I'm not talking about if you've done something stupid and they left you because you're dumb, all right? I ain't talking about that. If you're mean, don't blame that on God, all right? Or if a stream of income stopped because you weren't doing your job. We ain't talking about that. I'm talking about it feels like there was provision and God was doing something. It was always there and it was cool and now it just stops. I want to encourage you, if something is stopped in your life, start looking for what he's starting in your life. Instead of complaining about, man, we woke up two weeks ago and there was manna. And I wake up this morning and there's no manna. Instead of fussing about there not being any manna, start looking for what God is wanting to produce in the place you are right now. I talked to a, there were about three couples in our church that are walking through one of those seasons right now. Come on, how many you know what I'm talking about when I say the season, right? Four of you, how about the rest of y'all? Y'all young, y'all don't know about it yet. You know about one of those seasons. <laughs> and I, I told, I told this, I told, I told all three of these couples the same thing. The good and the bad thing about seasons is they begin and they end. So if you're walking through a tough season in your life, there's good news. It will end, right? And if you're walking through a good season in your life, there's something to tell you. It's going to come to a close, okay? Because that's how God works. People ask me, we were, Chris and I were on a plane the other day in, in the airport, and somebody was going, why are so many people moving to Nashville? I said, well, one, we got seasons. That's why. you got seasons. That's why. And, and we, as a, as a people, we like those seasons. There's a reason that, it, that it, it, it's summertime. And it was funny because this morning I got up, and I was having my, my prayer time, and I had my candle lit and, and my music playing, and all of a sudden I got a whiff of fall. Like, out of nowhere, I just like, Fall is my favorite time of the year. Hmm, fall. I'm like, we're still in July, and I'm already craving fall. What is this? I remember when I was craving vacation, you know, and now I'm already looking at Because we're people, we're, we're made to move in seasons. So don't be longing for a season that was there when God's got you in a new season right here. Write this down. Don't limit what God wants to do to what he has done. Sometimes we miss what God is wanting to do right now because it doesn't look like how we have seen him move in the past. Sometimes we miss it. God could be doing a work right in your life right now, but because you don't expect it to show up that way, it doesn't look like 
you're used to seeing it. Doesn't look like how you used to do it. It may not even be how you like it. Because of that, we can miss what God is doing right now. We can miss what God is doing now because we still think that He has to do it like He did back then. This is, this is not in our, in our uh, expository preaching today, but this is a, a great example of that would be the brazen serpent. And if you don't know the story, I'll share it quickly, that there were serpents that began to attack the children of Israel, and they began to die from them. People were just dying. And, and the Lord spoke to Moses and He said, if you will make a, a serpent of brass and raise it up on a pole, and if everybody looks at that, then they'll be healed. And that began to happen. They raised up that, that brass serpent and people began to look at it, and they were healed. Which is an amazing miracle, right? But then you find, many years later, that the children of Israel worship that brass serpent. They turned a miracle that was meant for a season into a God in their life. And instead of looking to Jehovah Jireh, they looked to an idol that they had created. Please, I want to encourage you. If if you're limiting what God is wanting to do in your life right now by an experience that you had at some point in your life, don't do that. Some of you were not raised in church like we have church. Don't limit what God is wanting to do with you right here, right now because you aren't used to how it happens. Also, some of you have been hurt in your past. Don't limit what God's wanting to do right now by something that happened to you back then. Tell your neighbor, say, you're not amening, but that was a good word right there. And you really needed to hear that. I'm going to tell them, so that's probably why you're not amening. I know y'all are. Miracles have seasons. And we have to be willing to move on. I want to say, here's what I like. I mean, the manna ended and... It'd be easy to, to cry over that. That's been 40 years of manna, you know. You get used to that. You learn how to get different recipes for manna, you know. Y'all got a manna recipe at Husk? I'm just checking to see. We probably need to put one up. Uh, just like a manna, like different types of manna and how to do it, man. You got the manna, you got to do it, you do all this stuff. And manna got fried manna and like, like Bubba Gump, you know. Got this, all the different type of manna that you got. And now it's over. It's gone, like... It's a new way of, of looking at it. But I want to say, manna is a miracle, but it's not what God promised. I mean, manna is amazing. It's incredible. When you really read about manna, it is amazing. But it's manna. Manna signifies provision of God. But God wants us to move into the promises of God. Manna is daily bread, and we're supposed to pray for daily bread. We're, I mean, that's, that's what we're supposed to. We're supposed to believe for that. But at the same time, God wants to move us into abundant life. He said, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly, not just a get-by mentality. Come on, have you, have you accepted a get-by mentality in your relationship with God? If I can just get through the day without losing my religion, you know? If I can, have you accepted a get-by mentality in your relationship with your spouse, or with your children, with your coworkers? If I can just get through the day without going crazy? Have you accepted that? God doesn't want us to accept that. Have you accepted a get-by mentality in your finances and in your career? 
Don't. Remember we said several weeks ago, we're not a prosperity doctrine church. We are a promise doctrine church. We do believe that God has promised us some things and we're supposed to step fully into those. Promised land miracles are not about daily bread. Promised land miracles are more than enough. He said, you're going to enter into a land that is overflowing with milk and honey. Sounds sticky to me, but that's the way God said it. And the reason he said that, because that, that, those were delicacies. That was expensive then. Gold, honey, was as, like gold. Most people spent their entire life and never tasted honey. I just poured it all in my coffee today. Some of y'all right now, honey and coffee, try it. It's awesome, especially with the Hills Blend Roast, okay? Just try it. But it was, it was significant to them. I want to encourage you. Don't stop with what God is just doing, but believe in what God wants to do in your life. God wants to move us from just provision into promise. I believe that. So what has He promised you today? What has He promised you? What's that thing in your life that you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that He's promised you? How many have it? Raise your hand. You know there's some things that God has promised you. Now look, if you can't raise your hand, you need to pray and find that thing, all right? You need to know what is that thing. And you may still question. I question it this morning to Kristen as I'm brushing my teeth like this, just brushing my teeth. And I question some things. I say, you know, sometimes I know what I thought, but I, sometimes I just wonder. You know, I, just, I, just, I just wonder. Well, I'm preaching to myself today. I'm not wondering anymore, all right? I'm believing that what God has promised us, He's going to bring us into. But but you can't move into promised land power. I don't know. I was trying to find some alliteration there. (laughs) You can't move into everything he has for you if you've got a manna mentality. That good? That clear enough? You want to move on now? All right. Joshua 5 and 13. And when Joshua was near the town of Jericho... He looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with sword in hand. Joshua went up to him and demanded, Are you friend or are you foe? Neither one, he replied. I'm the commander of the Lord's army. At this, Joshua fell with his face to the ground in reverence. I am at your command, Joshua said. What do you want your servant to do? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy, and Joshua did as he was told. I love this. Are you, are you friend or foe? One translation says, are you with us or against us? And I love what he says, neither. Are you on our side or their side? Neither. I'm on my side. Matter of fact, I am a side. Matter of fact, I am the side. I would suggest you come on my side, all right? I will say this to you. Many times you're trying to bring God into some friction between an enemy that you have and you're saying, God, are you with me or are you with them? I ain't in either one. I'm on my own side. So you may want to start come on my side and do things I want you to do, all right? I'll just leave that one with you. Y'all can decide how to use that one. And he says, neither. I'm not on any side. I'm on my own side. And I love what Joshua's response to that is. He just falls on his face in reverence. You and I need to have an understanding when God shows up. 
what our response needs to be. Not trying to figure it out. Does it fit in? Just fall down. It's just reverence. It's like on my face. And then his question was, what do you want your servant to do? And I, I find this intriguing. He says, I want you to take off your sandals because where you are is holy ground. Remember, notice it's the same thing that happened to Joshua's predecessor, Moses. He sees a burning bush. What do I do? Take off your shoes because you're on holy ground. The sandals being taken off is very symbolic in the Bible. First of all, it represented holy ground. It represented God's presence. So if you're taking notes, write that down. Sandals are very symbolic. They represent God's presence. And when God shows up, that ground becomes holy ground. The scripture tells that the Levites, they were the select called out priests. When they carried the vessels of the tabernacle, they were required to take their shoes off because it was reverent. This was a holy job they were doing. The priest who ministered in the temple could not wear shoes. They had to be barefoot when performing their services in the sanctuary. So the Levites and the priest understood the reverence of taking your sandals off. But also a commoner. If you were in Jerusalem and you were wearing your sandals, if you came to the hill that the temple was, was on, you could not put your foot on that hill with your shoes on. You had to take your shoes off before you could even step on the hill. Why? Because it's a sign of reverence. Here at the hills, one of our culture points is we cherish the presence of God. We want Him to be close to us. We want Him here at the beginning of our service. We want Him here during the offering. We want Him here at the end of service. We want Him in our car on the way home, right? We want Him at the coffee shop. We want Him at lunch on Thursday. We cherish the presence of God. And so what happens is, you and I can be going about doing our our day and doing our deal, but all of a sudden, you can feel the atmosphere shift. How many know what I'm talking about? When you can just, whoop, something just showed up, all right? It's like God that is in us suddenly comes over us. How many know what I'm talking about? You feel that. You feel it change. When you do that, it is vitally important that you recognize it and that you do something that makes that moment reverent. Take your shoes off. That's what they did. That's going to be awesome at Starbucks. Somebody's taking their shoes off. (laughs) What are you doing? You see them chills right there? I'm telling you, you just showed up. (laughs) Whatever it is for you, there needs to be a moment where it's just reverent that you stop and go, this is, this, we were doing things like this right here, where we're in, this building right now, the Knoll Center, 50 forward. They operate in here weekly, and, and it's a senior citizens community center where, where all kind of outreach happens for senior citizens. And, but when we come in here and we begin to say, you are good, good, it becomes holy ground. It's special. It becomes a special place. Same thing can happen in your home. And in your job. And in your car. Amen? So it was holy ground. The sandal also signified possession. So when there was a 
when there was a purchase going on, whenever the purchase became legal, the seller would take off his sandal and hand it over to the buyer. Signifying that the transfer of possession has happened. So take off your shoes because there's a transfer of power going on here. I know you've been leading Israel. You've been leading them through Jordan. You've seen some incredible things, Joshua. But I'm here now. All right? And I want a full understanding of who's really in charge. The sandal also signified power and submission throughout the Bible. You will see that when an army would overtake an enemy, they would take their feet and put them on the head or the neck of their vanquished foe. And on the same token, whenever you were overcome by an enemy, the sign of surrender and resignation and loss was when you took your sandals off. So Joshua, I want you to understand full well who's in charge here. And I want it to be this is holy ground. I want you to understand this is my ground now. I now own it. And I also want you to understand that you need to be in complete surrender. So take your shoes off. The sandal also represented being battle ready. Having your feet shorn. You're talking about the reason the Roman Empire took over so uh, took over the world was several reasons. Their technology and they knew how to build roads and they knew how to get water systems and all that stuff. But one of the main things is they had good shoes, sandals, and they could fight. Because your shoes, your sandals means that you're battle ready. And now Joshua, who's about to face Jericho, is being asked to take your sandals off. Which would signify this battle must not be mine. When God shows up, there's a reason He's showing up. He's showing up because He wants you and I to understand full well, this is my ground. Your life is my life. I'm the one that's going to fight the battle. And so I want you to take your sandals off. He falls at His feet and He asks the the commander, He says, "What, what do I do? And you notice what He said to him? Simple. Take off your sandals. That's it. One reason is because Joshua had already done everything else that God had asked him to do. He had already sanctified the entire children of Israel before they came over. He had been obedient to every single word that God had asked him to do. Even to the circumcision of the entire male population. Obedient, Jordan. Obedient to every single word. And so that's why the, God, the angel did not have an entire list of things for him. Because Joshua had already been obedient to everything God had asked him to do. So now God was saying, because you've done all that, here's what I want you to do. I just want you to take your sandals off. Because I'm taking over from here, okay? If that wouldn't have happened, I believe Joshua would have shown up at Jericho ready to fight. And what do they do at Jericho? I know I'm getting ahead of myself. They just march around and are quiet. Well, a warrior never wants to do that, right? Just marching around quiet. You can't do that unless you have resigned yourself to the fact, this is not my territory. This is his territory. The reason God brings us into new territory is because he wants us to take it and then give it back to him. 
So I want to ask you two questions. I want to ask you, what are you limiting God to in your life? Because you're still looking for something to happen the way it happened instead of how God's wanting to do it now. And secondly, I want to ask you, have you completely handed over all of your authority, all of your control to Him? Let me pray for you. Just close your eyes right where you are. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you never lead us into something to leave us there. I'm going to say that again. Lord, I thank you that you never lead us into something just to leave us there. But you're moving us and prompting us and leading us into everything you promised. How about you right where you are today? I want you just to think about it. Where are you limiting God in your life? Is it because of your expectations? What you're expecting Him to do? Are you limiting God when He's wanting to do something new and fresh? Or maybe for you, you need to hand over your your control. Joshua is the leader of Israel, and yet now he's been asked to take his shoes off like a servant would. Lord, I know you have great things for us. Incredible promises for us. I'm praying now, God, that those that have lost their courage, that you would give them boldness and strength today. And for those that God is still trying to hang on and do it their way, that you let them understand this is holy ground. Those that are trying to fight the battle, that they would have a clear understanding that it's probably not a battle we can win, so we might as well hand it over to you anyway. Thank you for your word. Why don't you make a commitment right now where you are that you're going to hand it over to him. That you're going to quit limiting him to to what he's done in the past. Right where you are in your own words, just make that commitment to him today. He's pulling you and drawing you. Thank you, Lord. How about those of you today that know you need you need a fresh relationship with Jesus Christ? Maybe you've never asked Him to be Lord of your life. I mean, completely, like full surrender. Taking the shoes off, laying on the ground, full surrender. This is yours now. Take it. Or maybe... It, You've you've been a Christian, you consider yourself that, but maybe it hasn't been fully, all out, all in. Or maybe it's not fresh. We call them fresh starts around here. Anybody that makes a commitment to Jesus Christ. 
Today, if that's you, if you've never prayed that prayer or, or you want to make a fresh start with Him, just ask you right where you are, everybody's eyes closed, just as an act of surrender, obedience, and faith, just to raise your hand if that's you today. I want to make a fresh start with Jesus. I want to do over. Thank you. Thank you. I see you. Today. It's a new day. A new day. That's awesome. Let's all stand.